Hello and welcome. Thanks everyone for joining us this week. It's Brent and David. And we oftentimes share, you know, the latest articles or the latest ideas that we think it's important for you to, to consider and update your thinking with. But this week we're taking a little bit of a detour, a little bit of a pause. Sometimes it's helpful to reflect on lessons that we've already learned or lessons that we already have thought about. And so this week uh, we're going to talk a little bit about escaping 1980s and the podcast season, but also how do we use that information to update our thinking? So the first piece, as everyone kind of remembers, is we put this out in 2020. We started it in the summer when there was no CFAP program for the grain growing that year. Corn prices were headed to $3 a bushel in August. It was at $3.20 on the board of trade. Uh, the We had a big crop out there, big yield expectations. Everything was not going favorably. And then by the time the podcast came out, the farm economy turned around a lot. The economy was, you know, picking up some steam. Everyone started to wonder, you know, is this more of the 70s versus the 1980s? And the idea here is that sometimes the decisions we make in the good years can be difficult to navigate in the, the more challenging years. So that's a little bit of background. And Brent, you brought up the other day, something that we talked about at the end of the escaping 1980 season uh, has been haunting you a little bit, sort of these lessons that you've learned that we should apply in our decision-making today. So we just want to kick this off a little bit by revisiting that podcast season and sharing a few ideas that you can apply to your operation. Yeah, it's to me fascinating. Uh, I think the absolute thing we learned from escaping 1980s that they won't, you know, the 1980s farm crisis is never going to repeat itself exactly. That set of circumstances was extraordinarily unique and it'll never play out exactly the same as it did. But that doesn't mean we can't learn some lessons. And I find that today, you know, like you said, you go into it thinking, well, maybe we're in the 80s. Well, no, this feels more like the 70s. Things are going absolutely crazy, you know, with inflation and uh, interest rates being really, really low, but now the potential for them to increase. You've got Russia doing stuff we don't like again. I mean, there's just so many weird things happening. And you look around and things, you see Iowa farmland prices up by 39%, I think, last year. Uh, shocking number. And you say, well, okay, maybe, maybe we need to step back and figure out what were the lessons we learned so we don't screw it up again and you know the one that i wrote down uh one of them i wrote now is you know try and be counter cyclical and that's really hard to do because you know when everybody's wanting to buy stuff you want to buy stuff but i think it's good advice to try and stay as counter cyclical as possible but really hard and that's i think that's what's what i'm struggling with right now is you know trying to avoid jumping into something if, just because everybody else is doing it. You got to really think through what's driving it and how likely you think those conditions are to last. I think one idea that jumps out to me is we sometimes, uh, or somehow we always end up surprised. So anytime there's a new thing that happens, whether it was the housing crisis in 08 or 09 or the farm financial crisis in the 1980s, we were, always surprised that this, you know, this big risk, this systemic risk that was spreading across the entire sector of the economy or the entire economy 
was out there lurking and we didn't know it was there. We didn't know how big of a risk it posed. And I think one of this is that um, we sometimes after the 1980s, we want to go hunting for the next 1980s crisis. And so, you know, Brent said we never repeat it, but it's human nature to summarize the eight or nine, and we've done this ourselves. You summarize the eight or nine factors that were really key contributors and you create a, a watch list. And, you know, when we get a majority of those lists checked off, you know, you think, oh, we're at the, the cusp of this thing happening again. And we do that with the data that we already have. So a good data set that, or a data set that's a, a good example is the debt to asset ratio, right? People still monitor that very carefully because that was an indicator for that crisis. And one of the things that I think about is the next farm financial crisis or the next health crisis or the next U.S. financial crisis is probably not going to be captured by the data that we currently have collected. It's probably going to take new data and new resources to understand what exactly took place. And then we're going to have a whole new set of warning tools in place for the next one. But the next one's going to be a different set of stuff. So I just think that we have to keep in mind we're always going to be surprised. And I think the implications for risk management or for making decisions in our operation is to push out the range of possible outcomes. If we think that this is the best case scenario and this is a worst case scenario, if you want to think about doomsday scenarios, push that worst case scenario a little bit farther out than maybe your initial estimate, just to get an idea of all the ranges of possible outcomes. Yeah, and that was one of the lessons I wrote down was, you know, don't underestimate the likelihood of extreme events and extreme events seem to happen. And um, we always seem to be surprised by them, uh, even though they consistently happen. And so I think that goes right with, and I think your point about, you know, are we looking at the right data and information is another really good one. I think you know, looking at the debt to asset ratio in agriculture right today isn't going to tell you very much that's useful and doesn't give you that great of a picture of what the situation is. And to me, it goes along with, you know, as an individual trying to use the debt in moderation, I think is pretty important. I didn't say avoid it, don't use it at all. Use it in moderation, use it wisely. So I think to wrap this up today, one of the things we challenge everybody to do is to get a sheet of paper out and think about if you, as you listen to 1980 or your own experience, either you lived through it or you grew up with stories, what are some of the lessons that are applicable for you to carry forward and summarize three of them? Um, there could be 10, but really focus on the three. And one of the criteria, and Sarah Mock, our co-host, the producer of this, challenged us a little bit on this and helped our thinking. She's like, you know, it's about a time traveling exercise. So if you revisit the 1980s, and one of your lessons is get scared when Jimmy Carter puts an embargo on grain exports to Russia, that's never going to happen. That's never going to re reoccur. So you have to take lessons from Escaping 1980, the podcast, and the 1980s, the experience in history and make lessons that will time travel that can still be applicable in 10 or 20 years. And then if those are applicable today, hopefully they're evergreen and they're still valid for the rest of your career and really capture those and what they mean to you and to your operation. And I think that's what we try to do in our conversation today, but encouraging you to do that for yourself. Absolutely. I think that's really good advice. I think uh, one last one that I'll throw in here, Brent, is how quickly things can go from 
everything is fine, everything is great, to everything is a calamity. So we use this scorecard. That's a really great framework thing about the farmland markets, right? Um, are investors optimistic or are they um, you know, pessimistic? How is profitability in agriculture? Where are interest rates? And we don't have data from, we weren't capturing this in the 70s, but you can just look at some of the results and realize in the late 70s, everyone was super optimistic about farmland. By the time we got to the early 1980s, it was the pendulum had swung so hard to the opposite direction. Uh, and so just because everything is feeling great and wonderful today doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be that way for forever. And on the other hand, just because a few factors move unfavorably doesn't mean the whole thing is going to fall down, right? You have to just recognize that sometimes we move slowly and sometimes we move suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it seems like there's little things that lead up to, you know, the big, and in retrospect, you look back on me, you can see how they all fit together, but in the midst of it, it's much harder. And so I think it's important to, to step back and think regularly about all the things, you know, take the temperature of all those things. And update your thinking, right? Just because farmland mm-hmm. was a great investment last year, or, and you're excited about it last year, we got to take the temperature of the room in every six, 12, 14, 18 months, because things can shift. And so what seemed like a good valuation then does not necessarily mean it's a good valuation now or that it's going to be a a good analysis a year from now. So update your expectations. All right. Well, that's all for today. Encourage you all to take a listen to Escaping 1980. If you, a lot of folks have reached out and said, I re-listened to it. I learned even more this year or this in the last few months because of the, you know, the 1970s part of that dialogue. So encourage you to look at that. I always sort of chuckle a little bit because Russia was a big part of the the boom and the slowdown. And now we have Russia, like you said earlier, right? Doing things uh, that the world doesn't really want them to do. So there's always some recurring characters there that's always (laughs) scratching our heads a little bit. So the rhyming part of history. So encourage you to think about that. Think about the lessons as you make decisions today, moving forward in this uncertain time. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. 